0: really what I felt like the Lord was uh, speaking to me in uh, January of this past year. We were doing a 21-day prayer and fasting, uh, and I was uh, listening to the Lord, and I felt so clearly he gave me a mission statement for at least my ministry personally, and my mission is to point people to heaven and to teach them how to live heaven on earth, and so that's what, that's my personal calling, Um, but he told me that uh, this is who you are to produce. You are to produce global leaders, and you are to produce kings and queens. And so I've been brewing on this message for about nine to ten months now. And so I want to release it today. And I hope you're anticipating, expecting a word from God. Amen, everybody. 1 Samuel chapter 10, I promise he's going to speak to you so much today. This is what it says. Let me just give you a quick context of what's happening. So Israel, God's chosen people, is in a conundrum right now. Basically, this entire book of 1 Samuel is about two different characters. Number one would be the life of Samuel. And number two, the latter half of the book is the life of Saul. And Samuel is this incredible prophet known for speaking uh, words of wisdom and knowledge, even warnings to people. And then the latter half of the book is about this man named Saul and his king and his reign. And what we find is right now in this story, Saul has already been anointed king. Anointing means basically in, in private, he has been anointed and said, you are to rule over Israel. We're going to find ourselves in this text right now. He is going to be coronated king. So now what would happen in private is going to be publicized. So watch this. When Samuel, watch, had all of Israel come forward by the tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of, of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Then it goes on to say, finally, Saul, son of Kish. Was taken, But when they looked for him, watch this, he was nowhere to be found. Interesting. So when he was to be coronated king and it was the time for him to be crowned king, he was found nowhere. Where was he? So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here? Where is he at? And the Lord said, yes, he's hidden himself among the supplies. So when he was supposed to be anointed king, really appointed king, he was hiding in supplies or baggage. He was hiding from greatness. They ran and brought him out. And as they stood among the people, he was a head taller than anybody else. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There's no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. Samuel explained to the people the rights and the duties of kingship. Isn't that powerful right there? The rights and the duties of kingship. Because how many know a king is to conduct himself differently? Did you hear what I said? Yeah, so kings and queens, they don't act like everybody else. They're not like everybody else. You're not common. You're not normal. You're a king. You're a queen. It's time to start acting like it. And then it goes on in the text. He wrote down and wrote it on a scroll and deposited it before the Lord. And then it finalizes by saying this. Then Samuel dismissed the people to go to their own homes. Now watch. Just to give a quick characterization of who King Saul is. So King Saul, watch. He was given a king's throne. But hear me he did not have a king's character so he was given a throne but he did not have a king's mind he did not have a king's heart he did not have a king's character he certainly didn't have a king's confidence and we see that because he's hiding when he's supposed to be coronated so watch so so this man was given the kingdom given the kingdom and so he was physically in the palace but mentally he was in prison so he's in a palace but mentally he's in a prison. Let me just ask you a simple question. When greatness comes knocking on your door, will you be running? Will you be hiding like Saul was? Or will you be preparing? Have you been preparing when greatness calls you? I think about Jesus. Jesus for basically his entire life, 90% of his life up until 30 years old, basically his life was hidden. And what was happening? We get two glimpses of Jesus when his birth and at 12 years old, and we don't hear about him until 30 years old. So could it be that 90% of your life is preparing you for the 10% of your life with greatness in it? Man, that's that's a sermon right there. What do you do? I want to preach this message today on the subject of King's Queens and let me just say this out loud and I want you to get this and confess this and I pray this just gets down in your spirit somebody say I am am. come on somebody say I am I am am royalty now why don't you tap five people around you and say good morning your highness come on go ahead and do that do that do that do that do that (sighs) do that thank you sir let's uh let's let's pray together and let's believe that God's gonna speak to us Uh, Lord we love you so much thank you Jesus for this opportunity we have to uh to to break down your word and so lord you deposited this in me and i just pray that we would be able to receive a royal identity over our church we are not common we're not normal this is not a normal church this is a supernatural church and so i pray that you do holy spirit what i cannot i can try and persuade do the best that i possibly can but i ask that you would breathe on it speak to us today lord speak lord for your servants are listening. Help us to become kings and queens. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Everybody, can we praise God, everybody? Amen. 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 Um, let's get to work. Uh, anybody in here raised on Disney Channel movies? Come on, Disney Channel. You guys remember sitting down, Channel 24, sit down on the couch. I got my sisters with me. Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Come on, anybody? No? Just white people? Okay, great. Um, uh, I remember some of my favorite movies growing up. Um, you guys remember the movie Mulan? Yo, shout out to all the female activists. What? I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so, like, so Mulan was one of my favorite movies. I don't know why. I'm sharing this publicly right now. I kind of feel weird about it, but whatever. Um, You guys remember the song, I'll Be a Man? You guys remember that song? How's it start? How's it start? You guys remember? Let's get down to business. Come on, everybody. To defeat the Huns. (laughs) Did they send me daughters? Come on, everybody. When I asked... Four sons, you're the saddest bunch I ever met. But you haven't got a clue. Mr. I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> be a man, you must be swift as a coursing river. Be a, am just, I'm not going to go anymore. You guys remember that song? Man, I just uh, Disney Channel movies, they do, They produce the best songs in the whole world. Y'all remember The Little Mermaid? Y'all remember that song? What, what song was it? How, oh, yeah. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, I'm a boy, the girl who has everything? I got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I got who's it's and what's it's galore. You got thingamabobs? I got plenty. No big deal, who cares? I want more. Just, uh, yeah, you thought Madison and dad were the only ones that could sing in this family. Nah, nah, it's not like that. Um, my favorite my favorite Disney movie of all time, recently just came out with a live action film, uh, Aladdin. Come on, who loves Aladdin? Will Smith playing Genie, like, can you get better than that, y'all? Just loved it. You guys remember that song, um, "Prince Ali Aliyahi"? Nobody even knows what he's saying the whole time. I am convinced in my spirit that the person that wrote Aladdin and wrote that song specifically is a spirit-filled believer, and he's speaking in tongues the entire time. <laughs> Prince Ali Aliyahi Like what? Like. Anyways, my wife and I are watching this movie and uh, we're sitting down in theaters recently and uh, there's a conversation between Genie and Aladdin. And you know how every story goes. This is completely natural. You know, you get a Genie, you get three wishes, it happens. Don't mess with your theology. We don't believe that around here. But there's a principle in there that I want to talk about. So Genie and Aladdin are having this conversation. It's an amazing conversation. And so Aladdin's already used the wish. and He's, he's wishing basically to the Genie, make the princess fall in love with me. He's. I'm just a street rat. I don't know the rest of the song. That's the only word. Um, He's just a street rat, and he's trying to make the princess fall in love. And Jeannie goes, listen, I don't mess with free will. I can't make her fall in love with you. He goes, fine. Make me a prince, because the princess will fall in love with the prince. And Jeannie has has this conversation. And I'm telling you, Will Smith was preaching to me in that moment. He goes this. He goes, listen, Aladdin. I can make you a prince on the outside. I cannot make you a prince on the inside. And I said, Will Smith, thank you for that sermon illustration. Thank you. (laughs) And so here's the deal. Aladdin wanted to be crowned king. And so he's allowing accessories to validate who he is. And so he just saw himself as a street rat. And how many know a street rat can't become a king? Even though you might wear a crown, that doesn't make you a king. Now, I found this fascinating text in Proverbs chapter 30. Why don't you go ahead and throw it up there, guys? Watch this. Proverbs chapter 30 it has this brilliant passage. It says, there are three things that make the earth tremble. No, four that it cannot endure. It's when a slave becomes a king. I'm pretty sure this is where Aladdin was based from. Aladdin is biblical, everybody. That's, that's heresy. Um, it's when a slave becomes a king. A slave becomes a king. Because how many know just because you might be a mom doesn't make you a mother? And just because you're a dad doesn't make you a father. Just because you're 55 doesn't mean you're wise. Just because you're a pastor on a stage doesn't mean you got character. Just because somebody has been crowned something doesn't mean they are that very thing. How dangerous it is when we crown people that are not kings. It's so important. It's so important. And, and, and this is a subject that simply we need to discuss and talk about because how many know accessories don't validate who we are? <laughs> Promotion doesn't validate who we are. Salary doesn't validate who we are. I wrote this down in my notes. I didn't say this first service, but hear me. Watch this. You can't crown a clown. So oftentimes we will crown a clown, and they're not a king. They're a joke. And so I just, I just need, we need to talk about it. Because, because you need to know who you are in Christ. And accessories don't validate me. This Bible and this Bible alone validates who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I know what I am called to do. I am, in fact, royalty. Come on, everybody shout it out. I am royalty. This is who I am. I am royalty. What my Bible says I am is who I am. Not accessories, not money, not a relationship, not resources, not people, not validation, not a check on Instagram, not anything. Validates who I am. This word validates who I am. Can I get an amen, everybody? This is what validates who I who I am. And I just need you to know something. Write these two words down. Write down identity and write down assignment. Identity and assignment. Because, listen, a slave becomes a king. This is what happened to King Saul. King Saul was destroyed by the kingdom, by his kingship, because he didn't know who he was. He knew what he was supposed to do, and that was to rule and reign and become king. But because he didn't know who he was, eventually he committed suicide, and literally his whole kingdom imploded on him. We see this later on in the text. And so you need to know your identity before you get your assignment. Watch this. Identity is who you are. Assignment is what you do. And so when people know their assignment, what they do, before they know who they are, their assignment can kill their identity. Is this making sense? But you need to know who you are. So you need to know your identity. And When you know your identity first and then you receive your assignment, you can kill your assignment. Meaning you can crush your assignment and you will be incredible at what you do because you know who you are. Identity before assignment. Let me just tell you something. You are royalty. Take this on as a new identity. You are sitting next to a queen. Come on, you're sitting next to a king. You're sitting next to royalty. It's time to stop treating people like they're just common or normal people. They are unique, they are special, and they are seen in God's eyes as, in fact, royalty. Can I get an amen, everybody? Watch this. I'll prove it to you. I show you two texts in the Old Testament. Let me give you one new one. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, Jesus was the first to conquer death, and he is the ruler of all earthly kings. So, this is where we get Jesus being the king of kings. Christ loves us, and by his blood, he set us free from our sins. Watch. And now he lets us rule as. Come on. Now he lets us rule as. He lets us rule as kings and serve God the Father as priests. You are a king. You are a queen. You are royalty. Are you getting this? Come on, you're royalty. There's an incredible doctor and teacher that i followed for many years. Unfortunately, he went home to be with the Lord. Uh, but his name is Dr. Miles Monroe. And he goes, if you simplify the Bible into just a simple context and a simple statement, it would be this. It's all about a king establishing his kingdom, and he gives us the keys to that kingdom. A king, keys, and kingdom. And so what we're called to do as believers, as inheritors of salvation, we are called to establish God's kingdom on earth. And so, so it is in Boston, or we want, we want what's happening in Boston as it is in heaven. So we are called to usher in heaven down to earth, and that's our mission, and that's our purpose in life. But what God really wants to do is he wants to establish, number one, his kingdom, and number two, kings and queens. And this is his way he does that, is he establish a royal identity over your life. Is this making sense? He wants to do this for you, and he wants to do this for me. And he wants to establish you as a king and a queen. I have so many different things I want to say in my head, but I have limited time. Let me just, let me just teach this real quick. So uh, Prince William and Prince Kate, also known as uh, Kate Middleton, uh, they got married. And so they, tra- they have a tutor that they hired. And they hired this tutor to teach their children in the ways of royalty. I love this. So they teach their children the protocols, the ways of royalty, and about honor. And how many know that tutor is teaching them how to be different, how to be unique, because they are not supposed to be common people. They are not civilians. They are just not normal people. These are royal children. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And so what is happening and being tutored to these young kids is what should happen to all of us. I want to teach us the ways of royalty today. So let me just get a little pragmatic and a little bit practical. Why don't you write these three thoughts down. I want to give you the rights of royalty. Anybody anybody willing to get this today? I want to give you the rights of royalty. Number one, write this one down, is royalty lives with royal standards. They live with royal standards. Come on, everybody. And so how many know we're not called to live perfect, but we are called to live holy. And I know this is old school preaching in here, but we need to go back to some of our old school roots every once in a while because we are not called to live like hell. We are called to live like heaven on earth. And so we need to establish a fine line because there is a line between what is right and what is wrong. And I know in this day and age where we don't know the balance, there's a lot of gray area. No, there is not a lot of gray area. The Bible is very clear. We are called to live holy and to live right and to live honorable before God. Watch this. I'll illustrate it with the story. Um, I have a great friend. Um, he's an awesome leader, an incredible leader in our ministry. Um, but sometimes he can do some you know, kind of dumb stuff every once in a while, you know. And I'm not gonna highlight him. It's this guy right over here, Christian Valencia. <laughs> Christian, just raise your hand really fast. That's, that's Christian, everybody. Incredible leader. Sometimes he can just be a little bit of a doofus. Um, anyways, he's going, I told you I'm gonna expose you, Christian, I told you. Uh, I love him, we have great relationship. Don't be upset about it, uh, but he needs this. Um, <laughs> just kidding. He's going off to California, right? He's going off to California with his boy, Julio, and they go down, they're going down to kind of the, the lower end of California, and they end up going to this taco stand because they heard about these tacos. Apparently they're amazing. And so he gets some tacos and he realizes he forgot his passport and he crossed the Mexican border. Is this true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's straight up facts. He crosses the Mexican border. And you know how young people can get, we can get so dramatic. And so I get like multiple text messages. Yo, Christian's never coming back to the country again. He's stuck in Mexico. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, are you serious? Is he okay? I shoot him him a text and I'm just like, bro, uh, uh, what happened? Are you okay? Um, are you really stuck in Mexico? And I like, why are you stuck in Mexico? He goes, it's because I had to go get some tacos. <laughs> I said, hey everybody, this is these are the leaders that take care of your students, you know. So thank you, thank you, Christian, for being such an upstanding citizen, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love him. He really is a great leader. But he's okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> And so all of us are freaking out. People are like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be homeless. He's the only thing he ate with those tacos. And, I, and eventually, eventually, he gets over the border. I'm not really sure how. I'm pretty sure he dug a hole and just figured it out. But <laughs> gets back into the country. And uh, I was like, bro, are you OK? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm all go. We, we figured it out. And I'm just like, thank God. I go, was it worth it? He goes, honestly, those tacos were bomb, though. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so he crosses the border. Doesn't realize he crossed the border. And then what happens is he got stuck for some time. Let me just tell you something. There's power in a border. There is power in having a standard. There is power in having some convictions where there is a line that says, I am going to honor God with my life. And I can't speak for everybody in here, but I can speak for my family and our church. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will honor God. We will live righteous. We will live holy. And we're not called to live perfect. But we sure are going to live holy. And so I'm going to watch my eyes. What does Job say? I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look lustfully upon a woman. I will watch my mouth. What does Psalm 19.14 say? It says, may these words out of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I'm going to be careful with how I live. How many know I'm not talking about legalistic talk right here? This is not legalism. By the way, this is called leadership. Because you have influence, you have royalty on you, in your DNA. And so I just want to speak to our church, it's time to uphold our standards again. How many times, let me just ask a simple question. When was the last time you added a standard instead of took one away? Because I know we live in a day and age where we're like, okay, culture's changed a little bit, culture shifted a little bit, so I'm going to shift this standard. That's, that's irrelevant now. No, no, no. Put a standard in place, and before you remove a fence, you should ask why the fence was there in the first place. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think they're getting this. You got to have royal standards, everybody. It's so important. So write these three things down. Three things down. Super practical. You need personal values, traditional values, and here's the last one. is core values. Personal values, traditional values, core values. And so what are personal values? This is just a personal value for our family. Um, we, we try and take care of ourselves. I'm not saying we're, you know, legalistic about it, but we believe that all of us have the call of God on our lives, and so we are given the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so we got to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Some people have the call of God in their life, but because they don't take care of themselves, uh, I'm talking physically, mentally, emotionally, some of you might need to get a counselor. There's no shame in getting counsel, by the way. Yeah. Come on, there's strength in just in admitting the fact that you might be weak in some areas, yeah. and so instead of having, pro- I'm going on a completely different tangent, but anyways, you need to have some personal values in your life. So we just have a personal value of being healthy, making sure we take care of ourselves. Here's, here would be a traditional value. I'm not going to give you your values for you, but you should go home and do some homework. Here's some traditional values. We, we have a value, and I love this about my mom. My mom uh, is an upstanding mom, and she just always tries to make sure that our family is always together, eating lunch together, eating dinner together, and she fights for that, and I want to honor you, Mom, for that. Thank you very much for what you do. It's a traditional value that we have. <laughs> And here would be the last one, is core values. And core values are just values that will never change. They will never shift. This is who I am. This is what we are about. Let me just tell you something about my family. We are church people. We believe the church is the local, the local church is the hope of the world. And we believe that God is going to use the church to bring heaven down to earth. And so we have dedicated our lives to being in church every single week, to building this house, to building God's people, to preaching the gospel, and to see people get saved, get set free, delivered, and renewed and made whole. That's just a core value that we have in the Fry household. What are some of the values that you need to do and do an exercise, maybe with your wife, with your friends, with some family, and just say, what are my personal values, traditional values, and even core values? Is this helpful to anybody? Yeah. Some royal standards. Come on, royal standards. Number two, write this one down. Is this the rights of royalty? Number one, will be royal standards. Number two, royal relationships. Because how many know kings only marry queens? Yeah, kings only marry queens. And so royalty associates with royalty. And so I just want to remind some people in the room you are called to be royal and you are called to lead people, not be led by people. Yeah. And so, yes, you need to have humility and teachability. Make no mistake about it. I'm not saying that. But if you are not able to lead people, you need to cut those people off. And if they don't bring you closer to Jesus, then they need to get you away. You need to get away from them. Come on. Royal relationships. Um, I remember, uh, it wasn't too long ago, but uh, I just remember, you know, being around people that I'm I'm around all the time and just being like, I need to cut off some relationships. There are some relationships that simply I should not have in my life. And I'm just going to pray the Holy Spirit encourages you and gives you courage to cut some old things off because you are a king. You are a queen. You're not to associate with just simple common people. And we're not better than anybody. Hear me. We're not better than anybody. We are better off than most people, though. Because of who we have and because of the inherited salvation that we have. Amen, everybody? Now watch. You guys remember those things back in the day where there are these little like water capsules and you submerge them in water and all of a sudden like a minute later, poof, like this little animal, fuzzy animal comes out. Y'all remember those things? I just thought about it and I, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me just as I was thinking about this thing. You submerge it in water and just a little bit of water and a little bit of time and all of a sudden this animal comes out and I remember seeing just this lion that popped out, this little sponge lion thing. Watch what happens when you get submerged in royal relationships and watch the lion come out of you. Oh, did you hear what I just said, everybody? When you get submerged with royal relationships, just give it a little bit of time, add a little bit of water, add a little bit of word, and watch what happens. The king or the queen will be pulled right out of you. Micah 4.9. Write this down in your notes. This is bonus material. But but they're, they're questioning, they're asking God, God, why in the world is all this stuff happening to us? They're complaining. And, and God responds back. He asks a simple question. He goes, where's the king in thee? King James Version. Meaning, isn't there a king on the inside of you? Stop complaining like everybody else complains. You are called to be royal and not a complainer. You're a leader, not a follower. Amen, everybody? Come on, it's royal relationships. Number one, royal standards. Number two, royal relationships. Here's number three is this you have, watch this, this is so powerful, and this is going to blow your mind for some people. You have a royal guard. The USA? Yeah, you got a royal guard. Watch, you're going to, I'm going to give you a scripture, and I get that there are some people that are probably newer to the faith journey. And I want to let you know, listen, at this church, we believe in the Bible and its entirety. We believe that this is iner- this is uh, uh, without error. This is accurate. We don't just believe that this is a historical book. We believe that this book is alive. And so we believe that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, training, and correcting, in righteousness. We believe that this book is alive. We believe the entirety of the book. And you either, either believe it all or you, believe, you don't believe it at all. And so what happens in Scripture a lot of times, you'll see some stuff that might be a little crazy to some. But I just want to say... We're a little crazy around this church. We believe in the word. And watch, I want to give you this scripture. You have a royal guard. Watch this scripture in Hebrews chapter 1. It says this, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This word ministering, I just put it in parentheses, serving. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Can I tell you something? You got angels looking out for you. Did you hear what I said, everybody? For those who have inherited salvation, you have, watch this, a secret service. You got a secret service. You didn't know. You didn't know you were a business owner. You didn't know you were a CEO or a boss because you got some staff that you didn't even know about. And there's this staff that has been looking out for you more than you even realize. There's this book written called uh, Standing Next to History. It's a secret service agent. He was uh, the Secret Service agent and leader and director for the president. And he writes in his book, he talks about the, the job security of a Secret Service agent and member. And he goes, this is, what, this is what our job responsibility was. Is we would, anytime the president would go anywhere, we would be five, six steps ahead of him. And so if he needed to go to the bathroom, we would walk into the bathroom, check every corner, nook and cranny, make sure it's all good. If he wanted to eat something, we would taste test the food beforehand and make sure nothing was poisoned. If he wanted to go to this specific place or restaurant or place he had to meet with, they would be two hours ahead of him and making sure everything is safe and secure. He had a royal security. He had a royal guard going ahead of him because he was elected president. And let me just tell you something about the nature of Christianity and Christians is God calls you the elect of God. And you have a security and you have a secret service called to protect you. And they are five, six steps ahead of you. He has this quote. It's an amazing quote. It says, he goes, he goes, listen, a lot of times people associate us with we are the people that would take the bullet for the president. And he goes, that's actually inaccurate. Because we will never have to take a bullet for the president because the assassin will never even get close to the president. And so he goes this, our best work is done and it's never seen. Let me tell you something about angels real quick. Their best work is never seen. And you have a royal guard that is five, six steps ahead of you wherever you go, and they have been protecting you. They have been watching over you because God sees you as a king and a queen, and He's not just gonna let a king or a queen go off by themselves. Even if you do something stupid, let me tell you, God sends angels ahead of you to protect you and guard you and guide you. And let me just encourage some of the parents in the room God has angels protecting your kids, He's got angels. And listen, we don't worship angels. We don't pray to angels. We worship God and we pray to God, but God dispatches angels. And here's a sad reality of people that don't pray. is people that don't pray. It's said that there is an unemployment line in heaven of angels looking for work. And when you pray, you usher in angels and God dispatches angels. Now watch this. Now watch this because this will blow your minds. There are four different types of angels. I want you to just write these down. I was doing some study. Just my mind was being blown. There are what are called cherubim. There's this thing called cherubim. And worship team, you guys can come on up. It's called cherubim. And these are known as guardian angels or warring angels. These things are gangsters, y'all. And I love this because cherubim are sent. And let me just tell you something just to comfort some people in the room. And please hear this in your heart. You got one outside your household. I I know we're walking in the Halloween season. And so I know people got some crazy theology, and they think demons are everywhere and whatever. But let me just tell you something. I know we like to glorify, especially in the church world, all about the power of demons. Can I tell you, there are more angels than there are demons. God is more powerful than the demonic, even though there might be evil spirits in the world. Let me tell you something. We got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We got ministering spirits trying to protect us and help us. And you are more protected than you even realize. I feel like preaching in this house today. You are more protected than you even realize. Is this helping anybody? Yes. you got a royal guard. you got a royal guard. Watch. Somebody asked the question, why? Why are we given the Holy Spirit and we also have ministering spirits? What's the difference? Well, the Holy Spirit does work in you and through you, but the ministering spirits or angels do work for you. So not only do you have a power source that many of you haven't probably tapped into yet, but also you have staff that are going ahead of you and working for you. you got a staff, y'all you got a secret service. you got a royal guard protecting you. Here's the second angel. It's this, they're called uh, seraphim. And seraphim are known as messengers of God. And so especially when it comes to like destiny decisions, can I just tell you something about our God? He's not trying to hide his voice from you. Some of you guys have some uh, significant decisions you need to make. Let me tell you something. God will dispatch angels to make sure that that message gets sound and clear. If God can speak to a donkey, if God can speak to a bush, he can speak to you even in spite of you. And he sends seraphim. Here's a third one. would be archangels. you probably heard about these. Michael, Lucifer, Gabriel are known as the three top archangels. And so Michael would be representative of warfare. Lucifer would be representative of worship. And and, uh, who did I say? Gabriel would be the message. message. And so watch this about God. This is why you should not be scared as a believer. Is this this helping anybody? this, This is why you shouldn't be scared as a believer. Watch, because how many know... Um, it's not God versus the devil you know that right like it's not it's not the devil versus God because God is omnipresent omnipotent he's um, he's, just, he's all these he's incredible but the devil is not omniscient he's not omnipresent he's not everywhere all at once he he has finite abilities and so the Bible says that it wasn't God that cast Satan down to earth like lightning struck is what the Bible says he says he sent Michael to throw a, a, a lucifer out of heaven so watch god didn't even get up from his throne he was just sitting down he's like michael take care of this this guy's a bum get him out of here that is what an archangel will do they are superior they are stronger and when you pray let me just tell you something god will dispatch angels archangels things that are more superior than evil spirits things that you've been wrestling with let me just tell you there's more power in the power of god than there is in the power of darkness and here's the last one would be this. Some people call them unawares. There's many different names. We just call them unawares around here. But this, this might be too crazy for y'all, but I hope you're getting something out of this. It's just some people, the Bible says that there, there are angels that walk amongst men. And it actually says in Hebrews chapter 3, go up and throw that verse there, guys. It says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. My dad has a story. He basically, he got in a car crash, went right through the window. He was all bloodied up, and he landed um, on a lawn. And he says what looked like what looked like a white-haired woman really took care of him. And he woke up, and he found out, he woke up uh, after going through in the window and the lawn. And he realized that he woke up a few minutes later in the ambulance. And he was asking the ambulance, Dad, you can attest to this. He's asking the ambulance, he's like, where is that woman? And they're like, there was no woman there was no person there was no white-haired what looked like a lady and he goes yes sir what what are you talking about there of course was and he has he says and he believes he came in contact with an angel that was just taking care of him nurturing him and making sure that he was going to be protected that is how good God has been to most of us in this room and you might not even know that you have had some angels or some guardian angels or some unawares that have been taking care of you, but let me just tell you something. Because of who you are, because you are a king, and because you are a queen, you have a royal guard looking after you, protecting you, loving on you, looking, going ahead of you. There are five, six steps ahead of you. Stop being fearful in Jesus' name. You need to be more and more confident because God says, you are so valuable to me. You are royalty. You have an identity over your life. You are called to touch the planet. You are called to usher. You're in heaven down to earth today he is establishing a new identity over your life and i just want to tell somebody you are a king you are a queen and don't you dare stop acting like you need to start acting like it conduct yourself like the royalty that you are in jesus name in jesus name come on everybody stand to your feet i just want to say something i didn't say this in first service but there was a there was a um a racehorse Triple Crown winner in 2018, it's amazing. But uh, it won uh, the Triple Crown, uh, crown obviously. And this thing was known all over the world. Winner, uh, the owner of the horse made millions and millions of dollars. This this horse is worth millions. It had offspring, it had birthed offspring. Uh, they say the birth was kind of disgusting, grimy, nasty. Um, But the reality was that somebody bought it for a million dollars. And now its net worth is over $72 million, this offspring. Why? Because it had winner's blood. And because it had, watch this, royalty in its DNA. Oh, my gosh. It had royalty in its DNA. Let me just tell you something, that when you inherit salvation and when you put your faith and trust in Jesus... Not only does the blood of Jesus wash you clean of sin, but that blood gets in your stream, and now you got winner's blood in you. Now you got royalty in you. Now you got a DNA like nobody else. You got winner's blood on the inside of you. You are a king and you are a queen. And don't you dare, don't you dare uh, listen to other people. I know people might put an identity over your life or a different label over your life. Hear me loud and clear. You are royalty. Can somebody shout that out? Say, I am. I am royalty. Come on, I want you to say it again. I am royalty. One more time. I am am royalty. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you. And I want to believe that God's going to speak to you today. And I pray this is not just a sermon. I pray that this is an impartation, that you get this in your spirit. Young person in the room, stop living like the world does. You are not like the world. You are not common. You are not normal. You are royalty. Parents, I want to tell you, we are raising royalty around here. Come on, we're raising royalty. And I just want to give an opportunity to everybody. God calls you a king or a queen. Calls you a king or a queen. But first, you need to accept what the king has done for you. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you could bring the house lights up a little bit just so I can see. I want to give you an opportunity and there could be complete privacy. Everybody heads bowed, eyes closed, respecting your neighbor. I want to give you an opportunity to say, I need to get my life to the king. To the king of kings and the lord of lords i need to receive jesus as my personal lord and savior if that's you i want you to shoot your hand up boldly proudly and say i need to give my life to christ today i'm going to count to three and on three i want you to shoot your hand up and say that's me one jesus loves you so 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 much he loves you he died for you lived a perfect and sinless life and died for you and shed his blood for you Two, today is your day for salvation please don't you dare wait another minute you do not know if tomorrow is promised. Three, if that's you, shoot your hand up boldly and say, I need Jesus in my life. I see your hand and your hand, thank you so much. And your hand in the back there, thank you so much. And your hand 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 back there, thank you so much. We are so proud of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, would everybody repeat this prayer after me and say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. And I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I receive your grace. Today, Lord, I establish a new identity over myself. I know who I am. I am royalty. You have called me. You have loved me, and you have protected me. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. And come on, everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Can you? Everybody. Amen and amen. Hey, uh, the, um, the team, I-, I don't know if you know, our church is writing music. Isn't that that pretty awesome? And so we have an EP out on Apple Music. Spotify is coming soon, so be attentive to the social media accounts. But uh, they just released an EP called Surrender. And uh, there was a song that didn't make it on the EP yet because it's still in production. But I asked David to sing this song. It's called Kings and Queens. And so why don't you just pay attention to the lyrics for a moment, and then I want you to really get into it. And I pray this is not just a song that you sing. I pray that this is the message and the identity over your life. Can we all sing this song together? Go ahead, baby. Here we sing, alive and free, sons and daughters. Here we are, kings and queens. Hu- Alive and free, sons and daughters, here we are, kings and queens. By Your Spirit, we declare Your rule over all the earth. All right, everybody, come on, let's all sing it out. You heard the song, here we stand. Would you lift your hands? Here we stand. Alive and free Come on, sing it louder Sing it louder, come on Here we are Jesus Christ By Lord Come on We declare Your rule and reign Over all For Come on, sing a little bit louder this morning Come on, raise your hands to heaven Declare, come on Here we sing Alive and free Sons Come on. Here we are. Come on, speak this over your life. This is the Lord speaking. He wants to give you a brand new identity. You're not normal. Come on, you're not what everybody else says you were. You are royalty. Come on, one more time, baby. I want everybody to sing it louder than you can do it before. Come on, come on. Here we stand. Alive and free Sons and daughters Here we are Kings and Did you receive something today? Did you get something, everybody? We're called to do two things. First of all, God calls us to love him, to be a son or a daughter. And when you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God, you know your father is not the mayor, he's not the president, he's not just a king, he's the king of kings. Your dad is the king of the cosmos. That's my dad, and that would make me royalty. And so you need to have some more confidence knowing that he's looking after you. He's loved you. He's protected you. And so he's called you to be a king and a queen. And he's called us to establish his kingdom on earth. Now I'm going to ask Joe and Mike to come up and they'll give you announcements. But let's go off and let's establish kingdom mindset. Let's go establish kings and queens. Parents, you're raising royalty. We're raising royalty around this church. Come on, this is who we are, kings and queens. Amen, everybody. Thank you guys so much. I love y'all.